Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. What's up, everybody? So, I don't know if you've noticed, but tonight is a little bit different than probably what you guys are used to. But I'm super, super excited about what tonight is. You know why? Because we get to be all together. In 5th through 12th grade tonight, we get to come together and celebrate where we've been. This semester, we've been going through this thing that we like to call worship. And we've been learning a lot about that. In fact, we've, we've tried to answer three questions. We've tried to answer the question, what do we worship? Why do we worship? And how do we worship? And we've been talking about this thing that we do a lot. I mean, we just had an opportunity to sing to God, which is an example of worship. But I want to show you guys a video. Instead of just tell you about where we've been, I want you guys to watch this video and figure out why we worship and who do we worship. First couple of weeks, we learned about how everyone worships, how we were, cre- we were created to worship the one true God. We were created to worship our Savior, Jesus. And that's a pretty awesome thing. Because of what he did on the cross, we have an opportunity to have hope. We have an opportunity to live. And that's pretty cool that we get to do that here tonight. That we get to worship our one true God. And we continued on in the semester, right? I wanted to answer the question, how do we worship? right? How do we worship this one true God? And for a lot of you, when you think of the word worship, you've probably only thought of singing, right? We sing when we worship God. And yes, that is true. We get the opportunity to sing and worship our God in that way. But that's not the only way we worship. We talked about five different things and five different ways to worship our creator. And the first one we talked about is worshiping God through truth. And to worship God, you got to know who he is, right? you got to know who he is so that you can tell others about who he is. You can't call yourself someone who loves baseball if you don't know the game of baseball, right? If you don't know what a strike is, you don't know what a home run is, you can't say you're a lover of baseball, right? And the same is true when we worship our heavenly creator. You can't say you love God if you don't know who he is. And so we are spending our lives trying to become closer and closer to him, trying to figure out what we do and what we need to do to figure out what he has in store for our lives. We worship in truth. And we worship in spirit. You guys remember spirit? For fifth and sixth grade, we talked a lot about worshiping anywhere, anytime, no matter what. We have the ability to worship God wherever we go, wherever we are. And that is demonstrated through the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, all those, right? We get to show our Heavenly Father worship by loving other people, by living lives of joy, worshiping in the Spirit. And then we came to a really cool one that I think, I thought meant a lot to each and every one of you because I got to watch you guys. um, You guys remember that video, um, the rest video? You guys remember, it's, it's really kind of interesting because it was a video that was completely silent, right? And we asked you guys to be completely silent and just listen to what it says, right? So here's what I want to do. I want to take you back to that moment. 
take you back to that moment of what rest looks like. So I need you guys to do something for me. I'm going to have everyone close their eyes, and I'm going to read a little bit of that rest video. And I want you guys to listen to what I'm saying and do what I tell you to do, and just take a moment and rest. Somebody close your eyes and listen to this. We have busy lives, and it's time to take some time and just rest. Focus your heart. Focus your minds. Forget about the distractions around you. Use this time to rest and know that your God is in control. Prayer can be a lot like breathing. Paul states in 1 Thessalonians 5 that we are to pray without ceasing. We need to connect with God in prayer. It is essential to our spiritual wealth, health, and survival. Just as breathing can be, bring cleansing to our spiritual bodies, so can prayer to our spirits. So let's try something together. As you breathe right now, pray to your Father and thank Him for who He is. So all together, breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. And breathe out. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. Pause for a second. Feel your heart beating in your chest. Do you feel it? Every time you feel your heart beat, remember that our God is with you. Our God loves you. Did you hear that? Our God loves you. Rest in the thought that our God knows us and continues to pursue us. We are created to worship. We are created to rest. In our rest, we worship God. And this is what he says to us. Listen to this. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Open your eyes. We had this opportunity to learn about how we can rest in the goodness of who Jesus is. Rest in how awesome our Heavenly Father is. Remember what He did for us. Get rid of all the distractions in our lives. Get rid of all the busyness that we are so consumed with. And focus your hearts on Jesus. Because that's worship. Focus your hearts on Jesus. And last week, we also had one more aspect of how we worship. We have this thing called Kingdom Worker. We have these things called Kingdom Worker Nights, which is all focused and geared on how we can be kingdom workers for God, for our heavenly king in this world. And so last week we learned how we can worship God not only by our rest and truth and spirit, but how we can worship God by what we do. Because God has called us to something. He's called us to something greater than ourselves. Because worship is not just about a relationship that you have with God, but it's about this. It's communal. It's everybody. It's the church. And we are called to love his church. We are called to love those people outside the church. And he has called us to kingdom work. And in Romans 12, Paul says this. In Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, brothers and sisters, 
in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies up as living sacrifices, living sacrifices. So it's good and pleasing to our God. For this is true and proper worship. He has called us to be a living sacrifice, to be a kingdom worker. What's up, everybody? My name is Luke, and uh, I'm really excited that I get to hang out with you guys tonight. Um, I need uh, a guy volunteer and a girl volunteer. (gasps) You don't even know what you're volunteering for, but let's go with gray shirt and glasses, second from the end. Yep, come on. That's the girl. Let's get the guy. Let's go. Mason Pryor, come on, bro. All right. So tonight, tonight is our, uh, (laughs) I love Mason. You're the man. Come on, right there. That's what's up. All right. So I got a question for you guys as we continue to talk about worship and how we're created to be worshipers and what we do and we worship all the time and how we rest. We've talked about it all semester. I want to talk a little bit about what we do now. And the question I have for you guys is, when is the the time in your life where you've been like the most excited? Most excited. Would you like to go first? All right. Mason, you get to go first. Most excited. <laughs> like you'll lose your mind like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Where I got a um, Ford Ranger, uh, not Ford Ranger, a Polaris Ranger. A Polaris Ranger? Is that like a four-wheeler? Well, uh, when I used to live in Texas, I used to have one. Yeah, that's pretty sick. That's awesome. What'd you do? Uh, with it. Did you freak out? No, did, like when you saw it, you're like... Wow. Yeah, I freaked out. Nice. Of course. That's the only response to get when you get a Polaris Ranger, right? Right? Okay, well, you was the time in your life where you've been the most excited? I guess it's going to have to be when I went on my first roller coaster. Went on your first roller coaster? Do you want to reenact how that was? No. All right, just describe how that was. I didn't put my hands up. I was afraid I was going to fly out You're of the scared. car. Who wasn't scared they were going to fly out of the roller coaster the first time rode a roller coaster? Guys, give a, give a round of applause for my helpers. They were awesome. You did great. That's all. I just had to ask you a question. Good job. When are you most excited? You guys can go have a seat. All right. Tonight, I'm going to share three times in my life where I've been like crazy, crazy excited. Okay? The first time I'm going to share with you. I'm going to ask you not to judge me, okay? But it, it's like real, like in my heart, excitement, okay? So when I was in eighth grade, when I was in eighth grade, that was like in the 1990s, okay? Eighth grade, a little, a little video game called Pokemon Red and Pokemon Blue came out, okay? The real Pokemons, right? 151 original Pokemon. I was in eighth grade, Okay, eighth grade, and I, I remember my parents giving me this, this Game Boy, and like the size of this, this is an iPad mini. The original Game Boy was about this wide, right? It was big, boxy, but like it was like that thick, like huge thick. You had to put like eight batteries in it, and it lasted for like 30 minutes. And the screen was like gray with like little black dots, and you, that was what we did. And it was a video game in your hand, and it was amazing. And I remember sitting down and get, like racing home off the school bus to sit down, turn on channel four, and the TV show would come on. 
the Pokemon TV show like when it was fresh, right? And I remember just sitting down and being like, getting my, my Game Boy, like turn that on, and it goes ding. And just when the, when, the, when the theme song started, like, you got to catch them all. I'm like, yeah, I do. Got to catch them all. And I remember being like so excited in my heart that like as the people in the cartoon were, were catching and training and having adventures in Pokemon, I too was having adventures in Pokemon. And it was, it's a very bizarre in my heart like type of like excitement, like this is the realest that it's ever going to get right here. And it was awesome. And I loved, like, for, forever, Pokemon, however many they come out with, will always have a special place right here in my heart for Pokemon. I was really excited. Just, just I had to get home, had to be a part of it, had to experience it. Got to catch them all. Second story I'm going to tell you. This is more exciting than, than the Pokemons. Um, when I asked my wife to marry me, it was a pretty exciting moment. Aww. I'm going to share briefly with you, like, how that happened. Like, we had, it was in December, and we, we went to a student ministry movie night, and we went back to her apartment. We were talking about D-group stuff, and, and she was, like, yelling at me about something. And I was like, well, you know, it's okay. In my brain, I'm like, I'm going to ask you to marry me, so I need this to chill out a little bit. But we were having this conversation, and then I knew at some point, like, we now have a little dog named Zeke. And he's adorable and stupid. And I, I knew that at some point she was going to have to go outside and walk Zeke. And uh, I was like, babe, Zeke's kind of getting crazy. Maybe you should go walk him. Maybe you need to go and walk him so I can set everything up. So she's like, you're probably right. You're so smart and handsome and I love you. I'm like, I'm back at you, babe. And uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing those words, obviously. Um, but... She went outside, and then I set up the whole, her whole apartment. There was, like, a ribbon that went from the door, like, all the way through her apartment. I had little note cards on the ribbons. That's, like, our timeline of our relationship, and it was adorable. And then my, my iPad was at the end, and it had a video of me, like, crying, talking about how I love her and all that good stuff. And uh, it was freezing cold. And I remember being on the patio, and I had, like, lights and candles up and just freezing and, like, wondering how long I was going to have to be outside in the cold weather. But she was hoping that she would say yes, otherwise I would be freezing, and then it was going to be really awkward. Uh, But she went through the whole process. She opened the door, and she said yes, and I asked her to marry me. And at that moment, it was a very crazy, exciting moment in my heart because it was like, you think about getting married, you think about being a family. And at that moment, I was like, oh my gosh. She said yes to being a part of, like, my family, and now it's me and her forever. And this is, I get to do life with my best friend for the rest of my life. And I get to be a part of this, and I get to experience it. And it was an awesome moment, just in, in my heart. Again, something that I will never, ever, ever forget, and I cherish. Uh, and I will cherish for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, somebody married me. Yes. Right on. The last story I want to tell you about a moment where, where I, I was, and this is, this, like, that moment is, like, number two of, like, exciting moments in my life. Uh, but this, this moment, is, this next moment is, like, the most pivotal moment of my life. Like, the most important moment of my life. So, I was a junior in high school, and I was, I was at a, I didn't want to go to track camp because all I ever did, I just pole vaulted and, like, 
You just got to be angry and just run at this thing and stab it and then fall on a pillow. It's easy. I don't need to go to camp for that. And so in order to get out of camp, I went to this, uh, uh, like, church trip, right? And it was the first time, like, I grew up in the church, and I remember being very, um, maybe much like you guys, to where I wanted to be funny. And I didn't necessarily care what was being said on stage. And I don't remember any sermons. I didn't necessarily like the worship songs because it wasn't like, you know, 90s rap. So I didn't really care. But I remember going to this conference, this little retreat uh, in Manhattan, Kansas, and it was the very first moment where I was around other students that were my age, and they were worshiping God because of, of who he was. And there was a moment where we had to, like, pray for people who were going and talking to people on campus. And I didn't want to go talk to people on, on the campus and in the city. Like, they just were going up and saying, hey, do you know Jesus? I was like, I don't want to do that. I will sit here and pray. And what I did was I fell asleep because I didn't, I didn't care. I fell asleep. So my youth pastor was a genius, and he said, he's kind of an idiot. I'm going to let him sleep and miss a bunch of cool stuff. So I slept. I woke up. I come into this, to this room where I see all the students that we prayed for and some people that they brought in off the street because they asked if they know Jesus. And they came in, and they were worshiping God, not about them, but because of who he was. And it was at that moment that something clicked in my brain. Like I knew about Jesus and I knew about his sacrifice and I knew about the resurrection that he did for us. But I didn't really care because, you know, I got baptized in second grade. I got the golden ticket. I'm good. But it was at that moment that my whole life, everything that I had been doing up to that point seemed crazy insignificant. Like none of, none of the things that I ever did mattered because I was not living my life for Jesus. And I was not living my life as an expression of worship to God because of what he had done for me. And so tonight when we experience this right now, stuff like this, look to your right. Go, what's up? To the back of that person's head. <laughs> look to the left. Go, what up, dog? To the back of that person's head. Now, hear me clap once. Hear me clap twice. Right now. The people that are around you and in this room, you guys get to experience the resurrection of Jesus Christ in an amazing way. We get to gather together and we get to sing songs of praise to him, not because of anything that you have done, not because of anything that you have done, but because of who Jesus Christ is and how when we didn't deserve it, Christ died for us to be a sacrifice for our sins so that we could spend forever with him in heaven. And not only that, but we get to be his witnesses and we get to be an example of what Christ died for here on this earth. So everything that you say, everything that you do with your life has significance. Well, let me, let me go back. Everything you say and do with your life, if it's directed to advancing God's kingdom and not our own, has significance. And what we get to do is we get to celebrate. We get to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ and we get to celebrate all the things that he's done for us with how we talk and with how I live. So I'm going to read the scripture and I want you to stand up and we're going to continue to celebrate. Psalms chapter 95 verses 1 through 6 says this, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord, for the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand, are the depths of the earth and the heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. 
but let's stand and celebrate who he is. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Hey, my name's Adam. It's so good for you guys to be here. It's so good to to worship with y'all. I need you guys to turn to a neighbor and say, I am a mountain woman or a man. And turn to your other neighbor and just say, I am a mountain woman or a man. There you go. Hey, I got a truth, just a, I got a secret for you, okay? Don't let this beard fool you. I am a wimp when it comes to the outdoors. I'm not this burly guy that's going to go out and start a fire with a toothpick or chop a tree down with a butter knife. Like, that's just not who I am. And to be honest with you guys, I need to just just let you in on a little bit of who I am. I'm kind of a a wimp when it comes to the outdoors. Like, right now, I'm I'm just, I'm cold. I don't want to be outside. But here's the deal. Throughout my Christian walk my faith with Jesus, um, I've found myself, God has placed me in positions uh, to just see his glory, to see his splendor in the outdoors. It's not me. That's not who I am. But there's been some pivotal points in my life that God has just revealed himself in a mighty, mighty way. One is when uh, a mentor of mine asked me to come out to Durango, Colorado and go hiking with him. So here's the deal. I don't have hiking boots or hiking apparel, like I don't have any of that. Uh, But I went out with my basketball shoes and my basketball shorts and my tank tops and said, hey, I'm ready to to go hiking. And he's like, that's all you brought. Absolutely, we're going to go. It's like an athletic contest, right? We're going to tackle this mountain. Let's go. Let's do it. So he comes out and there's all his gear, his backpack that like has a water thing in it. You guys know what I'm talking about? He's sipping on his water. What's it called? Camelback something? I don't know. He has his boots on. I have like my chucks on. He has a hat. He has long sleeve. It's Colorado in the summer. It's hot. He's wearing long sleeves and long pants. I'm wearing a t-shirt and shorts and basketball shoes and I'm ready to tackle this mountain. He looks at me and he's like, man, you are not prepared. You are not prepared to do what we're about to do. And so he gives me all this stuff, and we go and tackle this mountain. We get on the trail, and it's hard. And, and like I said, I'm a, I'm a wimp. So we start down the trail, and we're climbing, and we're going through rivers and fighting bears and all those types of things. You know, that's what you do when you tackle a mountain. And we find ourselves just talking about life, talking about what all that Jesus is doing, and just having this intimate conversation about who we are and whose we are. And there's this moment on, on the trail that I'm like, man, I don't know, we, got, we might need to call a timeout. We might need to set up camp right here. And we're like 10 minutes in. And he just looks at me and he said, I need you to be all in. There's this moment on the trail that you can either sit down, you can give up, you can go back down the mountain, but the decision is yours. And the question you have to ask yourself is, are you all in? Are you all in? I'm so grateful for mentors in my life that have come alongside me and shown me the challenges, the obstacles of life, not just on the mountain, not just in the trail, but in all aspects of my life, have come alongside me and and pointed me to Jesus. Uh, There's another story about a mentor of mine 
Uh, we were in Albuquerque, New Mexico this last summer, high school. Anybody from the high school go to Albuquerque last couple of years? Albuquerque, New Mexico. We're hiking up the Sandia Mountains. It's about 10,000 feet. And again, same principle applies. There's this moment in the summer, it's hot in Albuquerque. You're sweating. It's blazing hot. You're ready to give up. And there's this moment when you have to ask yourself, are you all in? Are you all in? And I had this conversation with uh, Adam Andrew. Some of you guys may know Adam. Um, Adam Andrew, it, it, we're sitting here talking, same kind of conversation. Again, I don't know what it is, but God is just placing myself, placing me on trails in the outdoors, something that I really don't like to show me his glory and to reveal his truths. And so I'm sitting there with Adam and we're walking up the trail and we're just having a conversation about all the things that Jesus is doing in and through us. The things that we continue to learn about who God is, the truths about who we are in Christ. And he, he says to me this. He said, Adam, I'm all in. He looks me dead in the eyes. It wasn't just talking about the trail, talking about climbing up 10,000 feet. He's talking about his life in Christ and who he is. He's like, I'm prepared. I'm ready. And the truth is, I'm all in. Guys, that's the truth that we have to continue to allow to penetrate our lives. Every moment of every day, we're waking up and we're going to battle. We're climbing up the mountain, whatever that may be in your life. I know there's many obstacles in your life. Just as there's many obstacles in my life, continually, there's challenges, things that I'm constantly going through. And the truth is, I wake up every moment, and I wake up every day, and every moment of every day, I have to answer the question, am I all in? Am I prepared for battle? Am I prepared to walk up this mountain? Because here's the reality, and this is, you guys may not know this, those that are maybe like me, that have never put themselves in a position to, to climb up a mountain. But the best part of climbing up a mountain is not just the journey, although that's, that's pretty amazing. The best part of going up the mountain is when you get at the top. And you'll be able to gaze out for as far as the eye can see. You see the majesty and the beauty of who God is. Jesus, in the same way, climbed up the mountain. You know, Philippians uh, chapter 2, verse 5 says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. It says this, Who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Jesus said, you know what? I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. I'm not sitting down. I'm all in. I'm all in. And verse 9 says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
Jesus, through his death, through his obedience to the cross, was high and lifted up so that we, in return, may have freedom. You know, tonight, we're able to see where we've been this semester. Uh, for us as student minist- in student ministry, we've been going through this series called Come Awake. And so we've been able to see where we've been. Sam talked about that. And then Luke started navigating where we are today. That the kingdom is here and now and the resurrection has ultimate power in our lives. I want to talk about where we're going. Next semester uh, in the spring is what church tradition calls Lent. And, and what that means is, is just this, that we're preparing to tackle the mountain. And so next semester, what we're going to do is we're going to be able to see um, how God in our individual lives and us as a community is calling us to go all in. He's calling each and every one of us to be prepared in season and out of season, every aspect of our lives. And I know this without knowing anything about you, that he's calling you to just go all in. You know, for me, that was a hard truth to swallow. You know, for, for me and, and growing up, it was so much of my life. Um, I just went to church on Sundays or Wednesdays uh, because that was the thing to do. And every once in a while, we would get all fancy and dressed up and we would, everybody would come to Easter. And I go to Easter and we, we proclaim the truth of, of the resurrection, right? We say, man, Jesus, this is what he did for us. This is what he, he's doing for us. And for me, I, I had no appreciation of the journey that God was taking me on. Yeah, I could sit there and, and raise my hands and proclaim these truths and sing about Jesus, but my life didn't reflect it. On the trail, in the journey, I wasn't willing to make those sacrifices to prepare to be all in. And guys, this, this is what I'm, I'm saying right now is Lent, this season that we're getting ready to go into next semester is a chance for us to prepare our hearts and our minds to be able to reach the top of the mountain and not by our own might, not by our own strength, but by the grace of Jesus Christ, we're able to look at the mountain and say, I owned you, I got you. And there's a sense of appreciation, the sense of gratitude as we're standing on top of the mountain and we're able to gaze at all that God has done and continues to do in our lives and say it's all about the fact that you were willing to go all in so that I may go all in too. Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.